What the heck is football psychology? Hey, this is Anders and welcome to How to Coach Youth Football. Hey coach, in this episode I'm going to show you exactly what football psychology is and why it's such a powerful tool. But first, if you go to AndersVideo.com, I'm going to show you the step-by-step -step process that I use to develop youth national team players consistently five years in a row. I'm going to show you a copy and paste and easy to use blueprint that you can apply to your own players if you go to AndersVideo.com. But now let's return to the episode. Do you remember the Champions League final of 2005? It was Liverpool against AC Milan and AC Milan was up 3-0 at halftime. So Liverpool had a big challenge for the second half. But a few weeks later, um, 442, a football magazine, uh, wrote an article saying that AC Milan celebrated their victory during halftime even though the game was only half played. And as we all know, Liverpool was able to turn the game around and change that 3-0 defeat into a 3-3 draw and then win later on during extra time. So what is football psychology and what does football psychology have to do with this particular game? Well, football psychology is, amongst other things, the ability to control your thoughts. And we've seen through research that controlling our thoughts really affect our performance. A lot of players have disturbing thoughts when they play football. Not disturbing that way, but they're disturbed in the way that they're not thinking about their football actions. They're not thinking about um, where are my teammates, where are my opponents, where's the ball, where's the goal, what, where's the open space, what do I have to do now? They're thinking about the results, the score of the game. They're th uh, thinking about fatigue and how tired they feel or poor refereeing decisions. They're thinking about all these kind of um, distracting thoughts that are leading their attention away from what they should be thinking about, which is uh, their football actions. So football psychology is one of the things that we can use to address that issue of thinking during football. So let's have a look at football actions in practice. So Steven Gerrard, he played Champions League final of 2005, the miracle in Istanbul. When he was performing well, he was thinking about his football action. But Gennaro Gattuso, he was also playing. So at halftime, he was playing, he was thinking about the 3-0 lead and he was not thinking about his football actions. Gattuso was stuck thinking about his past or his future. So the past being uh, the great achievements of the first half or the future being um, lifting the trophy when the game is over. So he was not in the present moment because when you're in the past or in the future, you are not in the present moment. So let's have a look at football actions. So you can do one football action and a football action could be to dribble, pass, uh, create space or tackle or something like that. So an action that a football player does on the pitch during the football game. So you do one football action and then you should think about your next football action. And then you do another one and think about the next one. If you, if you can do this consistently, you will play with a high tempo. But that's not always the case because um, our players have what we call distracting thoughts. They could be thinking about the score or poor refereeing. So let's imagine a left winger dribbling and then losing possession of the ball. So when he loses possession of the ball, he should be thinking about um, transitioning and starting to defend to regain possession of the ball. 
Instead, he might have a distracting thought that says something like, oh, that other, that, that fullback is too good, or I'm so tired and it's no use, we're going to lose the game anyway. So the left winger can have all these kinds of distracting thoughts that will reduce how many football actions he will be able to do. So he can do that football action of dribbling and then losing possession and then having that distracting thoughts, that, that negative thought. And then he might think, oh, I should transition and start defending. And then he starts defending. So he loses a lot of time between losing possession of the ball and starting to defend because of those um, distracting thoughts. So let's have a look at the miracle of Istanbul. Steven Gerrard was thinking next football action when the score was nil-nil. He thought positive thoughts or constructive thoughts. He did many football actions. He did good football actions and he looked pretty fit. But then AC Milan scored a goal and the score was uh, nil to one. And then he might st he may start thinking about distracting thoughts such as referee decisions or fatigue or whatever. So he thought distracting thoughts, he did less actions, he did poorer actions, and he looked more tired. And then when it was zero to three, the <laughs> everything was dark. He had a lot of negative thoughts. He did very few actions and he did really bad actions. Have you ever seen a, a football player trying to receive the ball but lifting his foot too high so the ball goes underneath the foot and out to a, uh, to a throw-in? This is a thinking problem. It might not just be the receiving the ball skill. It is a thinking problem because that player might be thinking uh, about other things than his football actions such as the score or... Uh, the referee decisions or fatigue or uh, something that's happening in his personal life or whatever. And at 3-0, he looked unfit and uninterested. So Steven Gerrard was not a good player at 0-3. But then Liverpool scored a goal. So it was 1-3. And then he was thinking more positive thoughts. He did more football actions and better football actions. And he looked more fit and more interested in the game. And then it was 2-3. So Liverpool scored another goal and now he was able to think next football action. He was thinking constructive thoughts, he was thinking he was doing many actions, he was doing good actions and he looked top fit and engaged in the game. So a lot of the times that we um, football coaches talk about fitness in football, um, our discussions are not really accurate because a lot of the time this is a thinking problem. Uh, Steven Gerrard and Liverpool did not get more and more fit during the game. They had a thinking issue. They stopped sprinting because they had distracting thoughts, not because they had more fatigue than the other team. Um, at least when you take it into consideration that they started sprinting towards the end of the game. They didn't get um, more fit towards the, uh, the end of the game. They got more fatigued, but their thinking changed and they were more capable of sprinting and doing good actions. So that's just one of the introductory things that you need to know about football psychology. So be in the present moment and think football action when you're doing your football action. And then be in the present moment and think about your next football action between your football actions. So we don't want to... Um, have your attention going inwards to your emotions and your thoughts. We want to focus on the football game and gather information about the game situation. So where are my players? Where are my teammates? Uh, the opponents? Where's open space? What do I need to do? And all these things that um, incorporates the football uh, actions and um, the decisions that we make on the pitch.
So that's just one of the things that you need to know about football psychology. And if this episode gave you some value, please subscribe to this pod- uh, podcast and rate and review this episode. And make sure to listen to the next episode because that uh, episode is going to be all about how you can motivate your players and keep them motivated.